exalt you in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Our kids' church is dismissed, uh, ages 2 to 6. If you have any of those you want to drop off over there, uh, we'll take them off your hands for you. Um, and us that are here, we want to go to the word of the Lord today. Um, I wonder what I'm going to talk about. So let's turn to the book of Jonah. Just kidding, we'll turn to the book of Mark. Chapter 16, Mark 16, verse 2. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the great stone was rolled away, for it was very great. It must have been a large stone. Uh, the Romans didn't want him coming out of the grave. And so they got the cra biggest cranes, they got the biggest stone there. <clears throat> and entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrightened. And he saith unto them, Be not affrightened, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Look, he's not here. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out, uh, out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Amen. It's uh, quite the encounter uh, to go in to expect uh, I guess the body, but not being there and knowing that he is alive. Amen. But what a great day that is. Changed the time forever. Amen. And we're here to worship and to thank God for that. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, To Be Continued. To Be Continued. Turn to a few people, greet them uh, as you're seated this morning. When you, when you hear the words, to be continued, or maybe you see them displayed in an audiovisual book, uh, they can be synonymous with uh, another term, uh, cliffhanger, if, if you will, where, where we are kind of brought to a place in the story or in that audiovisual book where events have transpired. Momentum has built up and suspense is, is soaring and our, our emotions are overwhelmed and our breath is left hanging in the balance. And, and then it happens to be continued. Some of our first emotions that are probably released might be anger or frustration, maybe confusion or maybe even a temporary disappointment because what we were expecting to happen didn't happen. 
And the thing that was left unfinished in our minds, that we, we need closure on that. We, we need that worked out. We, we need assurance knowing that this thing is going to be over and that uh, we can process the outcome. Whatever it is, good or bad, happy or sad, uh, thrilled or troubled, and then we can process that because we know it's over, and then we can move on. But the phrase, to be continued, changes things, doesn't it? Things may not have happened the way that I thought they were going to happen, but there is still some hope. There is still a chance uh, with things to be continued because that leaves the door open to more and more possibilities that what I thought was the end turns out not to be the end. What, when I thought it was all over, it turns out that that was the end of maybe chapter 1. And then to be continued into another chapter or into another book. And and all that you got to do is to turn the page and everything continues moving on. You see, it's easy to say that uh, when you're dealing with a book or a series because you you kind of already know uh, that there is another chapter because you've already looked at the table of contents and you know how many chapters there are and how many pages there are. And so even though you may be at the end of one chapter, you know that there is another chapter on another page. But in in life, we don't really have that privilege to be able to see how many pages and how many chapters are in our book. All that we have is today. That is the page that we are on, and all that we have is our current page and all uh, our past. Uh, that We can look back and see how many chapters have been written uh, about our life, about our story. But when I, when I look ahead, all I can see are, are blank pages. We don't necessarily know what lies ahead or what kind of details or events are, are on these pages that are coming, but uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have dreams and ideas or, or wish lists that we have to fill in those pages because we can surely write out the rest of our story according to our desires and wants. But the, but the truth is, is that the Bible teaches us that we are not promised tomorrow, that we are, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, that we're not guaranteed that we will even see the sunrise tomorrow, and what better way than to spend today, this is all that we have right now, this is all that we are promised, is this moment, is this time, and so what better way to spend today than to give God praise uh, for what he has done, to exalt him, to glorify God, because he is worthy, not just of what he has done for us, but for who he is. And if he decides that tomorrow should come, that still doesn't mean that we're going to be a part of tomorrow. 
If he decides that tomorrow should come and that we get to wake up with the breath in our lungs because God declared to be continued for us, then that is going to be the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? That should be our mindset every single day. Hey, God bless me with today. I'm going to rejoice and be glad about it. I'm going to give him praise because I'm not, I'm not guaranteed another day. And so just being here today is only because he said that I'm going to continue my work in you. If God has no more work in you, then you're probably not going to be here. Uh, and so uh, we have a, an unfinished work in us that God is wanting to do and has planned and purpose to do. And so we are not finished. We are, we are not done. There is still something that God is calling each and every one of us to do. There are still things that need to be continued in our lives and through us as a church. When God made Adam and Eve and he, he placed them in the Garden of Eden, uh, a place of perfection in paradise, there, there was no sin, there was no sickness or, or no disease. Uh, talk about uh, to be continued, that's what is needed to be continued, right? That's God's plan, was God's plan, but uh, man had to want to go along with that. God can... Uh, Lay everything out, but if man decides not to follow in those footsteps, then uh, they're, they're not going to see what God has in store for them. They may see some other things that they didn't plan. But as we know, Adam and Eve sinned, and, and they disobeyed God, and they ate of the forbidden fruit. And, and then they hid themselves from God, or, or tried to. I'm not sure how much knowledge they actually gained by eating that fruit uh, because hiding behind a bush from God doesn't really make any sense. Kind of seems like maybe they took a bite of that soft brown spot on the fruit and they didn't get everything, all the nutri nutrients that was there. Uh, but here is the amazing part. God, the author of the story, could have just as easily flipped that pencil around and just started to erase what he had just wrote and said, well, I, I'm not going to continue with this. Uh, the end, it, this, this is all over. Uh, I'm going to start again. I mean, uh, just think about it. We've barely, just barely got into chapter 3 of the Bible. And you know how thick the Bible is. We're just now in chapter 3 and things are already messed up. Uh, if there's ever a time to just scratch things through, crumble up the piece of paper and throw it in the trash and say, hey, uh, I'm going to start over. If there's ever a time, now would be the time, God, to just start all over because nobody would know. We would not know that you started over uh, because it's so early in the beginning of all of this. Uh, the two main characters that you had just introduced, you can just erase their names and introduce new ones. Be because if, if I'm going to take a chance and start over, uh, now is the time to do it. But, but we don't see God doing that, do we? 
he says, we're going to continue this story. Even though it's, it's, it's off to a rough start, it's to be continued, that I'm not going to let this failure, this mistake, be the end of my story here, but I'm going to keep on going, even though things have turned for the worse, and even though things are off to a bad start, but with the foreknowledge of God, uh, he knows that the only way to fix this mistake that has just been made and to correct the course that mankind has set, the only way that this can be, uh, that this can continue is for God, uh, the God of heaven, to come to this earth in a human body and, and robe himself in flesh and, and take on the blame of, of, and the punishment of what just happened and for all of the mistakes and all of the sins that uh, the descendants of, of humanity would do uh, and take them upon his back, and he would have to die for them. God, if you continue with this, it's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you your life. That's the only way that this is going to get corrected. And remember, God, you're just, we're just in chapter 3, so if you erase and start this over, uh, maybe you won't have to be crucified. Maybe you won't have to be whipped and ridiculed. And maybe you won't have to get off your throne in heaven and come down to this earth and humble yourself and to be treated with such disrespect and disdain by these sinful, ignorant creatures. And uh, that definitely was an option on the table, wasn't it? Being the almighty God, you can do whatever you want. And, and it's just as easy to start over uh, as it is to keep on continuing. But God said, no, I'm going to continue with this. I'm going to continue with this story. Uh, I'm not going to allow one, one mistake, one sin to ruin everything uh, because I can take the worst that mankind has to offer, and I alone have that power to turn it all around for the better. Only I can do that, and so if I don't do that, nobody else is going to do that. I can take beauty and take, uh, and take your ashes, and I can give you beauty for them. I can give you strength for your weakness. I can give them the oil of joy for mourning, and, and I can give them a, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Only God can do that, and I'm thankful that he has the power to do that, and I'm thankful that he did that, that he made a way where there seemed to be no way, that he took my ashes, and he took my sin, and he gave me a better life because he took my punishment. And so God says to be continued. When he says that, he's looking to turn an impossible situation around. When he says to be continued, God wants to perform a miracle that only he can do, that man cannot conjure up, that we cannot connive and put together. No, if God says to be continued, that means he's getting ready to do something great, something supernatural that only he can do, that he's going to get the glory for it all. And so no matter how bad it gets, no matter how dark it gets, 
No matter how deep of a hole you get yourself into, when God says, hey, I'm coming for you to be continued, that means you're about to see the hand of God come down in your life. That's when he opens a door that no man can shut. Uh, when you thought, that's when he makes a way where there was no way before. You see, you thought it was just the end, but God is just getting started. You couldn't see a way out, but God says, let me make a way. And that's the power that God has to transform uh, our life and our situation. Amen. Is it a little hot in here or is it just me? Either we've got a lot of people or it's hot outside or the air's not working or all three. Right? So, and so God does. God continues. Uh, as Adam and Eve are playing hide and seek with God, God could have said, I'm not playing this game. I'm God. What are you, what are you insulting me to play hide and seek with me? I don't have time to play this game. He could have snapped his fingers and, and said, said the word, and Adam and Eve were gone, vanished uh, from the annals of time. But aren't you glad that he continued with this story? Because we wouldn't be here, sitting here today, had God said, I'm going to do something different or scratch all that. But no, thankfully that we are here because God decided to continue with what he was doing. But God didn't just continue with the way that things were. If God was going to continue, he was going to change some things. Uh, to be continued means that the outcome is going to be different. The, the current course that you are on is going to change when God decides to get involved and, and continue doing his work in your life. Your, your destination is about to change, and as a part of God's continuation, this is what he says to Satan, the one who provoked this whole situation. In Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And so God declares to be continued. We're here in the garden, and this has all just transpired, and God makes the decision, hey, we're still going forward in this. Uh, but here is what I, is going to happen. One day there is going to come a man who is going to disrupt your, your world, devil. There's going to come a man uh, from the seed of the woman. He's going to kind of change the outcome of everything you've ever done, every mistake and every, every deceitful lie that you ever said or sown in humanity. There's going to come a day where a man's going to come and he's going to derail everything. He's going to change everything, the outcome that you have done, and he's going to undo all the destruction that you have caused. And you, devil, you are going to bruise his heel. You're going to injure him, and you're going to cause him some pain and discomfort. But, but that is, is not how it's going to end. With that bruised heel, with that unfavorable situation, he's going to take that bruised heel, 
and he's going to crush your head with it. He's going to stomp your head with his bruised heel. Uh, and so, devil, that you thought that you were going to win, but I'm here to tell you that I have the final say, and I get the final stomp. I get the final bruising, and I'm going to crush your head with this bruise that you put on my heel. And so I'm thankful that we, not, we have a God who says, who has the final say in everything. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so I don't care what anybody else has to say. I'm going to listen to the author. I'm going to listen to the finisher. He has the final word to say. And he told the devil, hey, uh, you're going to bruise his heel, but I'm going to bruise your head. And we know what that meant, that when, uh, when God said that to the serpent, I don't, think any, the, I don't think Satan had any idea what that meant, but uh, the bruised heel we know means that Jesus would be crucified and killed. And, and let's just pause here for a second um, and think about that in this, in this heat. Think about that. A bruised heel... Anyone ever have a bruised heel? I, I can't necessarily really have had one, although uh, there was a time that I, I, went, I went fishing and kept on catching catfish, saltwater catfish. They're a nuisance. And uh, they have barbs in their fins. And so I was tired of catching these catfish and these things were taking up all my bait and eating up my money. Uh, and so I kicked one of these uh, dumb fish. And sure enough, the barb went through my shoe and broke off into my heel. Uh, and so I got to experience that. And so maybe I did have a bruised heel for a little bit. Uh, but we sent that catfish to see its creator that night. And hopefully Jesus didn't extend grace to him and sent him to catfish hell for eternity. So you need to be careful if you're out, ever out there in the saltwater catfish. Uh, but as painful as a, as a bruised heel is, it's really only a, a minor inner in, injury compared to other potential injuries. I mean, of all the injuries that, that can happen to your body, uh, I, I guess I'd be okay with a bruised heel uh, rather than something else, right? Uh, something more tragic or severe. And so, uh, but think about the comparison here. The devil would bruise the heel of Jesus. Jesus would be killed, and God said that death, death is just like a bruised heel. Death is like a bruised heel. Death to us, that means that's the end. That's book chapter closed, book closed, that's the end. Death is, death is the end. There's nothing after that to be continued. But to Jesus, death is just a bruised heel. Uh, a bruise is a temporary injury, isn't it? After a few days, what happens? It starts to get better, and pretty soon you go on to live like nothing's ever happened. It doesn't last forever. It may be painful.
painful for a few days, but after those few days, that bruise has healed and the body is restored. Uh, and so death is just like a bruised heel in the eyes of God. That's how powerful our God is. And so don't tell me how bad your situation is. God can handle it. He can deliver you. He can bring you out of it. He can heal that sickness or disease. Why? Because he's already dealt with death. That's just a minor bruise to God. So why don't you give God your problems? Give him your situations. Turn that over to him and let him handle it. He has the power to bring you out. He has the power to heal and deliver and restore. Uh, and so we don't need to hold on to these things. We just need to let them go and let God deal with them. And so we see Jesus showing the world just what he thinks of death. How it's really just a, a minor inconvenience. A, a bruised heel is going to be a minor inconvenience for a few days. Uh, but then it will get better and, and it, you move on. But we see in John 11, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, her sister Martha. It was that Martha which anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, the Son of God might be glorified thereof, thereby. And so uh, here Jesus is saying, This is, this is not going to be the end. But you're going to see something uh, come out of this that the, the Son of God is going to be glorified. Uh, it's not going to be the end, but I have a purpose for Lazarus. And so I'm going to continue uh, to allow this to happen. Uh, this is just going to be a bruise in his life. And after a few days, the bruise will heal and go away. Verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. We had heard, therefore, that he was sick. He abode two days still in the same place where he was. Uh, Jesus wasn't really in a rush, was he? His sisters were in a rush. They came running to find him. Jesus found out that he was sick, and he decides to hang out for two more days uh, because God had a plan and a purpose. And sometimes he, we don't know why he stays in the place for two days, but we know that God's always going to show up on time no matter when it is. I just want him to show up, right? Uh, I don't care when it is. I just need Jesus to show up in my life, and I'm going to show up to his house to find him and to get in contact with him and to get in his presence. And so uh, whatever he shows up is good as long as he shows up. And so he stayed there for two more days, and then after he said to the disciples, let's go into Judea again, and uh, skipping down to verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort, and to, uh, to comfort them concerning their brother, and then Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But, Mar but Mary say, uh, sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Had you just left with us, uh, he wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, 
whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it to thee. And so even though in the midst of a, of a tragedy and disappointment, I mean, you can imagine how disappointed they must have been that Jesus did not leave with them and run, run back to their house uh, because of Lazarus, whom he had loved, were their close friends. But even in the midst of her disappointment, uh, God, had you been here, this would not have happened. She still says, I still have some faith, Lord. I still have some faith. I may not have as much as I used to, but hey, all you need is a mustard seed of faith, right? That's what I heard you teach. And so, hey, I still know that whatever you ask, God's going to do for you. And so that's what God needs in our life is just, he just needs a little bit of faith. Uh, a lot of times we have a lot of faith and that's great, but there are times that we have just a little bit, just don't lose all of our faith. Just be, hold on to a little bit of faith and hold, keep on believing that, hey, I'm going to stand upon the word of God that uh, one day it's all going to work out. And so uh, whatever thou will ask, God will give thee. Jesus said unto her, Thou brother shall rise again. Uh, it's a word of faith, obviously. Uh, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And hey, there she goes. She's still believing. Hey, it's going to happen. I know. I hear you, Jesus. Uh, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. She didn't understand what was getting ready to happen, but, but she knew that there was something uh, special about him. And so she just needed to keep on believing, even if it was uh, whatever, whatever little faith that she had. Uh, and so as Brother Pearl said this morning, uh, as the resurrection is, is the resurrection day, uh, Jesus is the resurrection. The resurrection is a person. And so that we, we come here to celebrate today, but hey, you need to celebrate this every single day because Jesus is available to us all every single day, 24 hours a day. We can experience that resurrection power every day of the week, not just on Sunday, not just one day of the year, but every day I can call upon the name of the Lord. I can shout unto him. I can cry out to him and he can come to me and be there. Why? Because the resurrection is a person, not just one day on the calendar. Verse, verse 38, there, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a, a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha uh, the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, uh, that was a long Lord, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. And so here, all that faith talk, what, what happened to all that faith talk, Martha? A few verses later, now you're kind of standing in front of the tomb and saying, Lord, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, this, is not, this is not the time nor the hour. Uh, he was not planning on this situation but to, to be the end uh, of the story for Lazarus because he had a plan to continue on. But Martha kept reminding Jesus of how bad it was. 
She kept reminding him how bad it was. But you don't understand, God, how bad it is. Let me, let me tell you again the details of how bad it is, Lord. In case you don't realize how big the problem is, Lazarus is dead. And if you would have been here, he wouldn't have been dead. He was only sick when I came to you, but now he's dead. He's been dead four days. And if you roll away that stone, it's going to stink really bad. Because did I tell you that Lazarus is dead? And he's been dead for four days. It sounds like Martha is, is ready to close the book. There's, there's no to be continued here. It's all, it's all over. Like this is, he's dead. How many times have I told you, Jesus, he's dead? Uh, uh, to be continued, nope, that's not here. Uh, that's nowhere to be found here. This situation is final, the end, close the book, uh, close the chapter. Uh, how many times are we like Martha? Where we get it to the end of the chapter and we think, oh, this is it. This is it. This is the end. Uh, another headline, a news story comes out. Oh, man, this is it. Here we go. This is the end. I can't see how this is going to work out. It must be the end. And, and let me keep reminding Jesus of how final this is going to be, God. This is the end, Lord. And there, this is it. Here's all the details of how we can't get out of this situation. Here's all the reasons why we can't get out of the grave. But I bet Lazarus is thankful that Martha was not the author of his story. Aren't you thankful? Uh, Martha, uh, Lazarus was thankful. That, hey, I'm glad Jesus stepped in and said, hey, uh, that's enough talking, Martha. Let me do my thing, and you're going to see something you've never seen before. And Jesus said, to be continued, this is not the end, but this is the beginning of a new chapter. I'm going to do a new thing in Lazarus' life, and you're going to see the glory of God like you've never seen before. And so we need to realize that we know that God understands what's happening. He knows the details of all that we're going through, and us reminding him of all the details doesn't always work out uh, like it should. Because God can just say, Let's just start a new chapter then. Let's, you, you say that's the end. Well, let's start a new chapter. Roll away the stone. And what did he say? Lazarus, come forth. And out came Lazarus, hopping in his grave clothes, all wrapped, all wrapped up. Uh, but he's no longer in the grave anymore, is he? What we thought was going to be the end, God says, no, just turn the page to be continued. I've got a purpose in your life, and I'm here to fulfill it and do it in you. And so he's still, Lazarus is still covered. He's still covered with the grave clothes. He's still covered with all the details of how bad it is and how he stinks. He still, he still can talk all that, God, this really stinks. I get these things off me. And, and I've been dead four days. And he's still covered uh, in all of that. But, but what better way? to bring glory to God than be, to be covered in grave clothes and just to come out dancing and shouting and singing unto God. Even though you are covered in hopelessness, hey, now you're dancing. Even though you are covered in despair and uncertainty, but we're not accepting those as the final answer. No, we, got, we know that God has something else in store, that there's something to be continued, and we're going to dance with all those details on us, all those grave 
grave clothes, all our faults and failures, uh, because we know if we get to Jesus, he can unwrap us and unloose us from all of those things. And so if you come out of your situation jumping and hopping and dancing, because what you thought was going to be the end, Jesus says, hey, that's only a minor setback. That's only a little bruise. That's a bruised heel in my opinion. Just give it a few more days and that bruise is going to heal and you're going to come up out of that grave and you're going to see things you've never seen before. You're going to witness the power of God like never before. But we got to be willing to come out. We got to be willing to, when the stone is rolled away, we got to come running out of that grave uh, like we've been wanting to come out for for years and so uh, God will God will move away the stone but are we going to come running out dancing and shouting like Lazarus did because we have to believe that there's more to come that there is more to be continued in our life uh, we're not going to settle for what is today and that this is going to be the final answer there's always more when you get Jesus involved musician if you would come you did it for Lazarus. You did it for Lazarus, Jesus. But can you do it for yourself? You did lots of things for other people, but what about you? You brought Lazarus up out of the grave, but Jesus, what about you? Who is going to roll away your stone, Jesus? Who is going to speak to you, Jesus, come forth? Of all that the disciples saw and experienced with their time with Jesus, miracle after miracle, healing after healing, blinded eyes are open, deaf ears are unlocked, calming of the seas, walking on water, uh, raising Jairus' daughter from the grave and raising Lazarus from the grave. All of these things that the disciples witnessed with their own eyes. But when it happened to Jesus, they thought it was all over. This is the end. Going back to fishing, that was a fun three years, three and a half years, the time of our life. We had a a great brotherhood and a great memories that were made. This is it. I mean, we're just going to go back to the way things were before because it is all over. No, there's no to be continued. This is it. This is done. They were, they were afraid and they were hopeless. They were doubtful. They were depressed. And I can see just Jesus stirring in the grave knowing their thoughts, knowing that they're thinking that this is over and saying, uh, I told you guys, I told you guys many, many times that this was going to happen. And still, when it happens, you think it's the end. What is, what's going on in your mind, guys? Matthew 17 is just one example. And they abode there in Galilee, and Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceedingly sorry. They already were sorry back then. Uh, uh, and so why uh, they obviously heard and processed what he had said because they became sorry at that news. But when it actually happened, it's like they forgot everything that Jesus said. And they said, well, this is the end. This is, all, this is it. No more, uh, no more uh, to be continued. It's all over. And so there are many times, many other times where 
the disciples heard Jesus say that he would be killed and crucified, but on the third day that he would rise from the grave. That's one day sooner than Lazarus, by the way. So we know it's possible to raise somebody from the dead after they've been dead for four days. Uh, And so if Jesus can overcome death on the fourth day, that means he has the power to overcome death on the third day. And so Jesus was trying his best to prepare his disciples for this time, but they still only saw it as the end. But maybe it was the end of a chapter or maybe the end of the book. I don't know what they thought, but they just thought it was the end. But if you really think about it, when Jesus was on the cross and he cried out, it is finished, what would you think? That's it, right? It's finished. I mean, we're taking Jesus' words literally. It is finished. This is the end. And But what Jesus was declaring was the end of the Old Testament. The end of the Old Testament, that book is closed. And so, yeah, you are right on one instance that, hey, this is the end. No more chapters there, but that's okay. It's still going to be continued because Jesus is here over here writing another book. This is called the New Testament now. Now we're transitioning from one book to the other book. And uh, we see that God's doing a great work, but it had to go through the grave. It had to go through the cross and his death and burial and resurrection. So don't ever sell God short. Don't ever give up on God and think that this is the end because as he is the author, he can just pick up the pen and he can say, okay, well, let's write another book. Let's write another chapter. Let's start again to be continued and start something new in your life that you've never experienced before. He has the power to do that. And so whatever God has has to do, he has the power to do that. Just pick up that pen and start writing. Maybe there are some things in our life that need to come to a close, that we need to face a dead end in our life. We need to put those things down and say, God, I'm at a dead end, and maybe you've been there for too long and just sitting in that corner all by yourself. I'm here to tell you today is the resurrection Sunday. Today is the day we're going to come out alive. Hey, God's got something new for each and every one of us. Cast off those old dead things and pick up a garment of praise and let God do something in your life because he wants to do something new that he's never done before. But we got to be willing to come up out of that grave and to see what he has in store. We stand with me today. Today is the day that we celebrate the fulfillment of that prophecy from thousands of years ago. I will put enmity between thee and the sea, the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. You see, we're not celebrating the bruise because we know that bruises are only temporary. But we are rejoicing that today is the day that Jesus 
came up out of that grave, and with that bruised heel, he crushed the head of the serpent. And you thought this was the end, devil, but hey, today is a new day. I'm writing a new chapter today, and it's called victory. I've got victory over the grave. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I'm here to tell you that death is not final. Death is to be continued, that your situation is not final, that God has something for you that he wants to continue in you and bring you through. See, what man determines is final. God says, I'm not settling for that. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't settle when we say it's over? God says, nope, I'm not selling for that. No, I see something greater in you, and I'm going to bring you through that. I'm not going to settle for this. But let me continue this work in you and do an even greater thing you've never seen before. But there is always, always something in the way. There's always something that tries to block to be continued. There was a stone blocking Lazarus's to be continued. There was a laundry list of doubt and details coming from his sister Martha that were blocking to be continued. And for some people, the obstacle is just a lack of faith. You just don't have the faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so without faith, there's a, there's a stone in front of you. And But God is trying to call you out of that grave, call you out of that lifeless, that, that dull, dry, lifeless life and to give you a new life. For the rich young ruler, what prevented him from continuing the work of God in his life was that he had great possessions and he would not roll them away. For Jesus, there was a stone, a large stone in his way, but that too could not keep Jesus out. That too could not keep Jesus down and keep him in the grave. That stone was rolled away, and Jesus continued to do his will, his will because you can't stop Jesus. He's on a mission. He's, a, he's got all power in heaven and earth, and when he wants to do something, he's going to go and do it. We just got to roll the stones away that are preventing him uh, from doing what he wants us to do. And so today on Resurrection Day, where we celebrate the power of the Holy Ghost, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power is here today. And so I ask you, what is in your way right now? What is in your way? What stone has rolled into your life and has cast a shadow uh, on your hope and on your faith? And it seems that it's dark now in your days and, and situations. I'm here to, to speak the words of Jesus. Let's roll that stone away today. Let's see what God has in store for you and come out of that grave. Come out of that grave situation today. Let's come out of that valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because there's life here. There's life here today. There is power here. Is there any faith here to believe that God can do anything today? That God is gonna, can heal somebody today? That God can deliver somebody today? 
that whatever you are dealing with is not final, even though it may seem like it's the end. Hey, Jesus wants to start something new in you, and he will, it starts by coming out of your grave, coming out of your situation. Philippians 1 and 6, be confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so God has started a work in all of us, uh, and he's going to continue in that work, continue doing that until his plan is fulfilled. And so there are things that come in our way, stones that get rolled in our way, whether we allow them to or the enemy comes and he tries to block us and, and keep us. But I'm here to tell you today, uh, even though we may be covered in grave clothes, covered in failure, covered with all the details of how we've messed up and how we had kept our promise and how we had been faithful to God. Hey, today is resurrection day. Let's come out of that grave today. Come out with those grave clothes on and let's give God glory today. Come on, why don't we do that as we worship together? Why don't you come down with your problems and situations? Let's come on down and declare victory today over them. We're not going to settle for this. We're not going to settle for these details, but hey, we want to see God move today. Will you come? Let's come and worship the Lord today. Come all you thirsty. Come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water. Come and We're not going to go back the same way we came. We're going to get refilled today. Recommitted. Come all you sinners. We're going to be faithful. Come find his mercy. 